tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. We were able to be all these things and do all these things because we were informed by great men, men who were revered. All men and women created by the goal, you know the you know the It's going to say, you want free speech? Let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. You want to claim this land as a land of the free? Now show me that. Defend that. Celebrate that in your classroom. Then stand up and sing about the land of the free. Which do you like more, Congress or lice? <laughs> Well, we like lice. Here's my eight words people need to stop redefining. Hate, victim, hero, shame, violence, survivor, phobic, and white supremacist. That America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. So I did something ironic yesterday. I actually checked my email. Um, you bastard. <laughs> and we got an email from someone who has spoken to us on many occasions on different podcasts. Uh, and he goes by the moniker Grizak. Grizak. And what he writes is, gentlemen, as I've said on all your casts, love what you do, because this cast in particular... I was turned on to Newsroom, a great show that I thought very provoking, and as well as, I mean, Olivia Munn. It was difficult to go wrong with Olivia Munn. Exactly. Uh, over time, there are a couple of topics that seem to be recurring on this cast, though. Uh, one of which is oil, gas, fuel costs, the gouging of the bad man hurting us in the gas hole. Uh, let's face it, electric cars, given the astronomical cost, inefficient designs, toxic batteries, and the fact that fossil fuels are still needed and necessary to charge the damn things, uh, makes them a fucking joke and not the answer. What seems to be overlooked just by just about everybody, it seems, is that we already have a technology, in fact, that is already in use in certain industries and has been around for over a century. It's what Rudolf Diesel originally intended with his engines. Uh, to run on, and it also powers NASCAR and Indy cars, uh, and burns as burns clean and is renewable. Is jeez, wow, I'm sorry. The, the way this is formatted uh, by my email thing is making it difficult to read. Um, it burns clean and is re a renewable resource. Biofuels, i.e., ethanol, biodiesel. Additionally, there are many bio-made plastics that have been developed um, over the years as well that could further break our dependency on fossil fuels. Um, uh, I have some links, which I will throw out there. Oh, wait a minute. Did we miss? I, oh, there are the links. Never mind. I found links. <laughs> Congratulations, sir. <laughs> Very professional of me. <laughs> We're um, not rated top D podcast for nothing. <laughs> well, he also, uh, wants to, wants to talk about the, uh, dementia case we have in the Oval Office. That's a direct quote from Grizek. Uh, let's be honest, Robin Williams called it in 2009. Damn, I wish people would have listened to him then. Uh, and there is a YouTube click that in the show notes uh, or the uh, the show description, I will throw the link for that. So, <laughs> thoughts on Grizak? I have no idea 
why people keep insisting on beating up the president. Repeat line. I have no idea why people keep insisting on beating up the president. I mean, come on, man. I, I have been retweeting that and posting that everywhere I can just because it's awesome. I mean, like, how much more evidence do you need? Like, like at least Ronnie held it together a little better than this. I mean, it was it was questionable with Ronnie. Like, what would this great country be? Or what would this country be without this great land of ours? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, at least he could hold a sentence together and just be and you just you'd be like looking at each other like, did I miss an epic? Like quote or what? What the hell was that? Have you seen the videos where they've stitched him in with Ron Burgundy? Oh God! <laughs> Damn it! You know he'll read anything you put on the teleprompter, <laughs> and he read it with feeling too. Oh my God! It's just I, like I, I don't. I've never seen a president. I, I swear to you, I've never seen this. I have never seen a president who just like shrugs his shoulders and goes, "Well." Hey, what can you do? Like so many times, like I really can't. I don't. I really can't do anything. Like you're the most powerful man in the country. If you can't, who the hell should we ask, Uncle Joe? Son of a bitch, dude. Well, even if you can't do <laughs> you... it, he's the guy who's supposed to at least be pointing in the right direction. Oh, uh, like pointing in a direction, like any direction, would be great. Like at least with Orange Man, it was a bad direction, but you knew he had one. Um, I'm pretty sure Joe can't tie his shoes by himself anymore. Uh, there's like he may need the assistance of a trained monkey. I don't know, uh, but uh, like, hey, it's not nice to talk about Kamala like that. <laughs> oh, oh, I did not. For the record, send your hate mail <laughs> <laughs> addressed to Jake when you send it in. Um, I. I have never seen, and I had to look up the term feckless to make sure I was using it correctly. <laughs> but that term definitely applies to the administration we have here. And I, I, it, it's not that I don't understand how we got here. I, it's clear how we got here. They hated, the American people hated Trump just enough to elect anybody. It's like those towns that elect a dog or a cat for their mayor. Like, look, I don't care. Like, the cat could do a better job than any, you know, anybody we've had recently. I understand the mentality now. Like, it used to be a joke to me, and I was like, oh, that's so funny. You know, they did that. Now I understand the frustration and pain that the people in that town must have had. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't freaking matter. All we need is, like, for the offices to do what we need them to do, and, like, no, like nobody would be better than the decisions we've had recently. We're at that stage at the presidential level of the federal government. <laughs> and and I, I I am I am appalled. Uh as far as the biodiesel stuff. You know, I've heard different things on the biodiesel stuff. Uh I heard it's it's uh it's a wonder. I've heard it's incredibly expensive. I've heard it's been federally subsidized by almost everybody and has still managed not to succeed. I, I I don't know with biodiesel, with regards to biodiesel and some of those other fuels. I I know we've had trouble and we do talk about it a lot well, because it's on our mind. Well just about just about any 
car, I think, developed in the last, I think it's like 10 years or so, will run on ethanol perfectly fine. Many of them will. The the And because I was... I've been involved in, in like race engines and, and stuff like that, like alcohol burning engines and, and, and things. And the problem is when you when you jack it, which is the problem with, with many engines like this, and I'll explain what I say when I mean that or what I mean when I say this, is the more you adjust the compression, right, to to use something other than gasoline, which actually combusts at a fairly low temperature and, and produces a controlled explosion. Uh, there's, there's stuff like, and I've always said this, like, I, I believe in hydrogen power. The problem is with hydrogen power, you know, like when you're converting like water into, uh, into the, the, and separating it out. And so you can get your hydrogen and everything with electrolysis, whatever. The problem with that is the combustion that happens and it is still combustion, but the combustion that happens with the vapor is so powerful. It just wrecks the engine. Like you can make a normal car. Any car run on propane, you can make it run on uh, uh, hydrogen, you can make it run on electricity, you can make it run on uh, alcohol, any number of substances. All you need to make a standard vehicle or engine, like crank or or piston-powered engine work, is an explosion to get the the engine to move right that's because that's what's doing it it's it's exploding vapor exploding gas fuel the the problem we're having currently like there was a farmer who took a 1936 ford and converted it to hydrogen and it ran there are there are numerous places on the net you can look uh, on powering your vehicle with propane or or hydrogen or, or any number of the alcohol there's all kinds of stuff with the problem generally that we have, and I know this from from uh, alcohol race engines. You just burn them up. You just burn the engine up. And with a race engine, it's not that bad. They're going to replace it anyway. Like like racing that hard on an engine is incredibly hard on the engine, the piston rings and and the the shafts and all that kind of stuff. All the the compression chamber. You really you torch an engine after a little while. They're not really made to do long distance. The The issue we're having is there's not a cheap, easily buildable, relatively long-lasting replacement for gasoline-powered internal combustion engines yet. And well, what I, I say I by that... A, I had a Ford van that ran on E85 just fine, and right. the only thing I could tell different... Now, I'm not saying what you're... Uh, we know me. I do not know internal combustion engines. Uh, with that said, the only thing that I noticed was always being worried that I was going to get pulled over because my van smelled like it was burning vodka. Yes, and it also gets a little bit less mileage, and, and it is harder on the, in, the internal components uh, over time. And when I'm talking about time, I'm not talking about, oh, you're going to smoke your engine. It's not going to happen. Uh, depending on what kind of fuel you use, like let's say you're looking for an HHO hydrogen engine, uh, you get about a thousand hours. I think the best NASA was able to do is 800 hours, and they're moving to a Sterling engine now to try and see if they can do that. But, but there's the the system we have developed is cheap internal combustion gasoline powered engines. And we've made it so efficient and so cheap that it's very difficult to get the next best thing. What I've always said is the next best thing has to be better, right? It has to be better. 
And right now it's and I, I truly believe that electric, you know, they, they can get electric motors to turn a lot cleaner and, and help with power right now a lot easier. The, you know, the, I, I heard a theory from a, a uh, an interview with a nuclear physicist not too long ago in the process of arguing going back to doing more nuclear power that, you know, even though it seems to be the thing that everybody seems to panic when they hear about, which is why we're still burning coal, that the technology has gotten so safe that, you know, even what happened in Japan is like, impossible at this point but the other thing he was pointing out was is that some of the leftovers and residues and stuff like that are actually better than the lithium that they dig out of the ground for making those batteries oh yeah oh yeah now i our problem right now is we have more than ever before a need to move forward we need to move off of internal combustion, fossil fossil fuel-powered vehicles. I don't think anyone really argues that. Our issue comes, and the fight really comes, when it's, it's what timeline do you use? What do we move to? How does that affect the economy? And what are we doing about it currently? And our clueless leader class saying, well, just everybody buy an electric car is the most tone-deaf thing you've ever heard. And uh, Gruzak is right in, in a number of ways. Uh, one, you know, like the biodiesel biofuels and, uh, you know, the, the E85 stuff and everything. It is an alternative. The problem is it takes an awful lot of that to make a gallon or make what we need to do as a nation. It can be a supplement, but we just don't have enough right now production to replace anything we have some uh, but the the overall issue is that the government desperately wants electric to go and they they want that to be the, the the and we're we're just not there yet we're close we're we're absolutely close we have cars we have technology we have batteries but the batteries you got to drive those cars like 10 15 years before you once you take into account the battery we've talked about this before once you take into account the making of the vehicle you got to drive those things longer than you do gasoline powered cars to make them environmentally friendly what it does alleviate is the gas prices at the pump however those electric cars are so outrageously expensive right now and difficult to get your hands on that it's not a solution for everybody. Sure, if you can get your hands on one, you can afford one. Yeah, it'll ease your budget a little bit if you can afford the payments and if you can find one that's reliable and if the 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 car isn't that old because I guarantee you if you've ever tried to or heard anybody replacing a battery pack in those damn things, it's it's a 20 grand proposition sometimes. So we're Grizak's correct. There's we need to move off of stuff. We have solutions all over. We have alternatives all over. We have uh, f half a dozen alternatives that could replace gasoline. I just don't think we're we figured out how that's going to work yet because the 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 nation has built itself on a certain system, and until you can replace that reliably, we're we're going to have issues. Well then. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I thought you had more to go on that. No, sorry. <laughs> uh, 
it really is. Look, I mean, there's really not a whole lot more for me to add on that because you've put it succinctly and great. Until there is something else to move to that is sustainable, cost-effective, you know, hell, just bring it down to the words you used, better. Yeah. Um, We can't, we're not, it's not even functionally possible to get off of internal combustion. Not yet. I don't think so. I mean, the worst part about it is even if they figured out a new thing to do, tomorrow and it was awesome enough that everybody went to it tomorrow even take the infrastructure part of it let's even say they got the infrastructure set up so that everybody could just have one tomorrow we're gonna you're gonna need wally to come and take care of all of everybody's cars left over right and what are you gonna do about the financing because nobody's gonna give you a trade-in on your vehicle that you've paid five ten twenty fifty thousand dollars and financed for and now it's worth nothing. You know, it, it's it's a it's a difficult prospect. Like, what do you do? And and eventually, the the answer that the government really doesn't want to tell you is you. Anyone listening, you're going to take the hit. That's what they want us to do. Eat it, because there will be no program. There will be no federal fixing. There will be Nothing that helps you move forward because they can't well, possibly subsidize every vehicle, every car in the nation. Well, they can't. I mean, they won't. Look, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir, and I know I'm not suggesting anything that hasn't been suggested a million times before. And also, just so one of those things that is so obvious that it never would have worked in the first place because, well, hell, it's obvious. You know, these are things that should have been being subsidized for the past 30 years. You know, versus all of the money that's come in from the oil companies to keep them from doing that. Yeah, that's why well, we're, that's and... why we're at the crisis point of well, y'all are just going to have to eat it. Um, versus a you know, hell, we did the transition from leaded to unleaded gas. I mean, it, I'm not saying that this is going to be that easy, but at the same time, there was a time period of transition that was accepted versus just yeah, you can't have those anymore tomorrow. And and that's what President Feckless is is really trying to to push right now is is the transition to this this brave new order that he's imagined in his head and I do say imagined is the operative word, but I I just don't I, I don't realistically see how we get there from here without a whole lot of pain uh, without any kind of plan or any kind of uh, subsidy or any kind of better solution than we currently have. Well, I have an interesting discussion for us that I that I kind of came up with in my head from listening to a couple of different podcasts, and it's kind of going to serve as our philosophical discussion for today. Um, yes, and, and I'll admit this one's going to get a little bit deep, and is probably going to be your first, your answer to the question is going to start with shit I don't know. Um, however. Uh, I heard a quote from one of the founding fathers. I do not remember which one. It may have been Jefferson. It may have been Madison. It may have been Hamilton. I don't remember. It may have even well been Washington. I don't remember. And it was a question. It was a statement that popped into my head when I heard somebody once again state how our democracy is in jeopardy. It seems to be something that a lot of people are saying lately. 
And one of the things it said was the only way that our form of government is going to stay functional is with virtuous people, moral and moral values. And what occurred to me all of a sudden in the process of listening to someone else speak is I think we've the, the main problem we're experiencing today is, is that we no longer have a set of virtues, values, and morals that everyone can agree on. Because originally they came from a place that's that's very much going away. And I'm not saying I'm, in, I, I'm much worried that it's going away, considering the fact that where that place came from was religion. Are you saying that... Uh... And there's a quote that's been running around my head for a little while. Are you referring to the, um, you know, we require sufficient virtue among men, uh, yes, among that, men for self-government? That is exactly the quote I'm going for. Yeah, that was James Madison. That was James Madison. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and, and and as I said, I couldn't remember where it came from, and I couldn't even remember the exact quote. But my my question is, is that is our problem being the fact that we can no longer agree on what those sets of virtues and values are because we don't have or we're not using or not all of us are using the source of Judeo-Christian religion to come up with those values anymore, that we are trying to make them up for ourselves as we go and we're failing because no one is agreeing on what those are. Oh yeah, no. So, it's, uh, so 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 my so my question that I'm coming down to coming down to is is even as someone who is not a religious person has no intentions of becoming a religious person, and is absolutely terrified of most religious people, is the more secular nature of our country, our our world as a whole, part of what's leading this process of just um, derision coming from not being able to agree on what those values should be. <laughs> Apparently we've been struggling with that for a while. I just looked up the quote while uh, you were talking just a second ago and uh, it was indeed James Madison. And uh, he was talking about the constitution and he said, our constitution requires sufficient virtue among men for self-government Nonetheless, then the change of despotism can restrain them from destroying and devouring one another. Well, that see that, and that's really kind of where it comes from, is because if you really think about it, at the at this exact moment in time, what are we doing? We're destroying and devouring one another. Close enough. Uh, the uh, he also said, and this is one of my favorite quotes of his. I I, I love James Madison. Uh, I also like his wife Dolly. Uh, who was strong and, 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 and just a really interesting character herself. Uh, I, I did several papers on him in school, uh, college, not high school, uh, high school, you know, that, that old, the old double stint, you know, double spaced freaking, you know, as many words as you can thing. No, I'm talking about the college stuff, but, uh, he said, and if I can remember the quote correctly, what is government itself, but the greatest of all reflections of human nature? And that's true. Uh, it also goes back a little bit to, or or goes forward to uh, a favorite of ours, which is Douglas Adams. He said, "I don't know what we're all so scared of. The internet's just us. It's just us." 
Uh, and that's that's kind of the same sentiment, although twisted a little bit, talking about different things. But like we're we seem to be, at least in my eyes right now, we seem to be fighting human nature itself. And that's when there is an, a vacuum of clear and positive leadership. I'm not talking about rule. I'm not talking about governance. I'm talking about leadership. When there's an absence or vacuum of that in the the everyday lives of our human or our country's governance, there are just immeasurable opportunities for chaos. And in that chaos comes the the opportunity of bad actors and people who are less scrupulous than we might otherwise prefer to be in charge of our daily lives. And this can be demonstrated in no small measure by what we have going on in the United States government today. I don't know about all the other countries. I don't live there. But I can see a direct line between what is happening in our present what has happened in our past and what will happen to us in our future if we do not listen to ourselves. We are listening to idiots tell us that the the sky is green and the grass is blue and we're going, well, and then we fight about the, the wording of those sentences or the politics or the identities of the people who said them and then try and cancel them and and what we've lost sight of, and I think this is on purpose, to be quite honest, is we've lost sight that they haven't said anything. They haven't helped us at all. What they're doing is just kicking the can down the street so that they can stay in power. And they've, they've done a masterful job uh, at snowing us into fighting each other and, not, and forgetting that we do we created this and we can fix it if we just get out of our own damn way. Uh, personal opinion. I, and in as much as I agree with everything you just said, I think where I'm kind of going with this is less with the governance aspect of it and more of the, the, the groups of people, the mob, you know, once again, we seem to have, two to three to four mobs who want to argue with each other with regards to what is right. Now, I am not suggesting that religion is the answer because we know that religion is just as guilty of this to the point where they've been wonderful at killing each other when well, they don't agree. started more wars and was responsible for more death than any other reason I can think of. But, but at the same time, when you talk about at the founding of the United States, and I'm not one of those people who's going to stand here and say that the United States was founded as a Christian country. Um, no, dude, I'm a Jew. Um, or at least I was raised a Jew. I'm probably the worst non-practicing Jew on the face of the earth. But, um, but at the same time, what you had then was a set of list of morals and values. Now, I'm also probably one of the least moral human beings you'll probably find. Um, so... Without that list of morals and values that at least everybody can point to and say, this is what makes a decent human being. We don't have that anymore. So the question is, is what do what can replace that? 
Is there anything out there that can replace that, considering the fact that it is no longer the proper functioning for our world? <laughs> yeah, you're getting into foundational stuff here. I would go back As to... As I said, I'm going deep. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to respond with a piece of, um, we'll call it uh, societal commentary in the form of a movie. You're going to laugh when I when I say it, but hear me out. Oh no, I'm in. Uh, there was a, a a fantastic movie a couple of years ago, actually many years ago, called Boondock Saints. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know exactly which one you're talking about. And the the crux of it is very similar to what you're talking about here. The system was unbelievably corrupt. The people had lost their way in that movie. And what happened, and I'm not suggesting this is what we need to do. I'm not saying this is a roadmap, okay? But what happened is there were people who just said, mm, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> and uh, there's a fantastic line. It's it's after they do like commit horrible violence and do things that I don't necessarily uh, believe in or believe that this is the way to take care of it. But there's a sentence that he says uh, that one of the protagonists in the movie says. And, and it's just – it kind of rang – hit me when you were talking about this like we've lost our way and it's it's like uh he's he's telling people he's kind of doing his declaration of of what it is that these people will tolerate and what it is they will not and he's like do not rape do not steal do not kill do not... all of these things are and he had a list of stuff all of these things are something that everyone of every faith can embrace. These are not polite suggestions. They are the way it should be. And I'm butchering that and taking some liberties a little bit, but it's effectively what it is. And I think when it comes down to it, there's a certain set of, of guidelines or, or hard, fast things that we can agree on as a nation. Like this is right and this is wrong. We can do that. I, I don't think we're past it. And I don't think we've lost it that much. What I think has well, happened okay. to us. I, I'm not disagreeing that we can do it. I'm just asking whether or not we are doing it. Oh, yeah, no, clearly we're not because of what is happening. Uh, wh what we're doing, and this is, again, what I go back to in the absence of strong leadership. There is no, you know how, like, if you have a, you remember back in, like, I don't know, grade school, middle school, high school, you knew. That was a long time ago. I know, but you knew, like you, you walked in the first day of school and the teacher walked in the room or class began, you could tell in the first 10 minutes of that class how it was going to go, if that teacher was going to take any crap from you or not, how it was gonna, how they were going to teach. Were they a strong teacher? Were they a strong leader? Were they, were, would you be able to get away with things or not? You knew, now, without you, question. You do realize you are talking to the person that most people will look at after a conversation and go, dude, read the room. Yeah, well, <laughs> you knew. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> you were among the very, very few. You knew. You knew if you were going to be able to get away with anything. You had, you could feel that person's 
uh, ability to to lead and and instruct. Right now, I think corporations, the media, the elite have figured out that there the emperor has no clothes. Yeah, there are no consequences to them. There are there aren't any, and we've talked about that before. So in the absence of that, and in the absence of of somebody who can be like, no, that's a horrible idea, and we're not doing that because we're not morons, you know, like that would that'd be all it would. It's somebody who had that ability and and would take it to the people and go, look, we're just that's just the dumbest i don't care what your faction and and you're right we have a bunch of factions some of them secular some of them religious some of them uh are are um very libertarian and 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 tout great righteous indignation and and some of it's deserved and some of it's not however what it really boils down to to me and it seems enormously evident (laughs) that as a nation, our leaders, our media, our corporations, our rich class have figured out the ship is on, the engine's moving, but there's no one at the wheel. And then in chaos, there is profit. They can do pretty much whatever they want because there's no outcome that's bad for them as a whole. So why not do that? There's no consequence for them. When was the last time you heard a politician go to jail? When was oh. the last time you heard a billionaire go to jail? Well, the the last time we did, they killed him. So yeah, yeah. Well, that was a frame up job. <laughs> okay, that, again, because the politician that should have gone to jail wasn't going to, so they had to find a scapegoat amongst their herd. Uh, so this is. When was the last time, you know, like it, it's well, I, hey, I, I'll put it to you even in just the, the quote concern, the fact that it's, it's part of what we we're just talking about. Um, <laughs> I heard somebody say recently talking about Ghislaine Maxwell. It's like, have you ever seen someone convicted of trafficking of, of sex trafficking, but had no one convicted at that she trafficked too? Yeah. Like not, not even charged. Yeah. <laughs> no names have been brought up. Nothing. Nothing. She Clean she got she got, a, she got convicted of x number of uh, of instances of sex trafficking. Yet nobody on the other end of the transaction has even been mentioned. Yeah, because they're all the ones condemning her. Uh, they're all the ones that, <laughs> like, if those names got released, you'd be like, what? You know, and that's uh, again. Actually, why? no. I think if those names got released, most of us would be going, ah, I knew something was there. Well, and that's the thing. Like they can only do it at the at the sufferance of of all of us going. Oh, yeah, okay. Like we don't challenge anything anymore. We don't. The biggest rise they've got out of us recently is gun control and Roe versus Wade. That's the biggest rise they've got out of the American people. And they went, oh, shit, where'd that where'd that come from? We thought that we removed their spine and opinions recently. Like, what are they upset about? We did some stuff. We've done way worse stuff than that. You know, like, and you know that's what they're sitting on the hill thinking. Like, wow, that really pissed them off. I wonder where that came from. Like, they're shocked. They don't have a plan because they didn't need one. 
Well, I, I once again, going back to my favorite politician, Kamala, her statement on TV was kind of funny, which is, well, we thought this was all decided. It's kind of like, <laughs> really? <laughs> That's what you're going with, really? I, and if there is, and don't get me started on Kamala, if there is any worse politician than freaking clueless Joe, it is ineffective Kamala. I, every, I, I have a very difficult time because as you know, I watch, I watch cable news and, and media and stuff and, and I, I still, you know that moment in A League of Their Own when Tom Hanks almost has an aneurysm when he's like, I, I, I need you to work on that before next season. <laughs> and he's just shaking, and you can watch the man. Like, it's brilliant. Because, because he's trying so hard not to just lose his mind. Lose his mind and, and strangle her with her own hair, right? He's just, you can watch the man. You're like, still missing the cutoff, man. <laughs> right, exactly. I need you to work on that for next season. Before Nick season, and you could just watch like he's gonna have an aneurysm on film. Like that's you could just see that have his brilliant acting, right? It's brilliant acting, and he's just afterwards he's just still shaking. You know, I feel like that every time I see Kamala speak about anything. I don't care what it is. I I I hate her. Uh, if you've ever seen, I know I keep making media references, but if you've ever seen the movie, and this is dating myself. If you ever seen the movie Clue. Oh, of course. Uh, Madeline Kahn, when she's like, flames, flames, smoking fire out the side of my face. You know, like she she's so upset she cannot explain how pissed off she is. I, that's how I feel every time I look, gaze at Kamala and see words coming out of her face. Well, right? I, th- I think the other part that's just absolutely hilarious. Have you ever seen somebody use so many words to say absolutely nothing? Not often. Uh, I I I don't know who she who she's getting her lines from, or if she's just making this crap up on the spot. Like, does she not have a teleprompter? Does she not have a writer? Does she not have like, okay, they're gonna ask you about this. You should say some of these things, and then what comes out of her mouth is the most inane prattle I've ever heard. <laughs> you just go, we, like. This, this, this is our vice president. Okay, this is like, wow. I, I honestly think the only reason Joe is still alive and somebody hasn't assassinated him is because Kamala would have to step in. <laughs> well, it is the, it is the best case for see, I, his best protection. I, I'm curious as to what happens if uh, the Republicans take both House and Senate, and. You know, see, I'm I'm kind of curious as to how the succession would happen, because it, I know if they just impeach him, that Kamala takes over. But if they impeach both of them, does the Speaker of the House step up, which would mean now we've got a Republican president. So under those circumstances, why wouldn't you? Now, I understand why you shouldn't do that, because, quite frankly, the next time things are on the shoes on the other foot, they're going to do the same damn thing to you, which is why I thought that the whole idea of though I thought Trump was a douche that uh, trying to impeach him for the second time once he's already out of office was just a dumbass idea. Uh, 
you know, the, I, what's stopping them? Wait, who's Speaker of the House right now? I thought it was Nancy Pelosi. It is Nancy Pelosi, but once she's again, Democratic, isn't she? But she's a Democrat. No, I'm not talking. But see, if the, everything switches, if all the parties switch over as to who's in the majority. Oh, in both House I see what Senate, you're saying. I'm like, I was confused for a second. I'm like, now oh. all of a sudden, your um, uh, Speaker of the House is likely Kevin McCarthy, I believe. Uh, so if they impeach both Kamala and uh, Joe and get them both out, doesn't that mean McCarthy becomes president? I'm not 100 percent sure I'm right about that, but it'll it'll never happen. They they have no they have no ability to impeach them. They have no ability to do it. I mean, they, they can't. I mean, they've, they haven't impeached. You know what? We've never really successfully impeached anybody. Nixon resigned. Yeah. No, well, well, let's put this way. Clinton got impeached, but he stayed in office. And so did Trump, twice. And so did Trump. So even if we impeach them, they're not going anywhere. Well, yes, but see, what we're missing, what you were missing on on all of those previous attempts was the fact that you did have a House of the opposing party, of the opposition party, but you did not have a Senate of the opposition party. So it really was just a political maneuver to make the other person look bad. So... Now that we, if you run into the fact that you'll have both House and Senate of the opposition party and things in the world being as screwed up as they are, do they take the gambit and go for it? Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't think they can. I, they're, they're so, they're so stuck right now because anything they do. Like they they go and impeach things. They go let's let's you know what let's let's run through that logic. Let me because uh, I went through this a little bit too. Let's oh, say they oh, impeach I, I them. I think it's utterly illogical. I'm just asking whether or not they're dumb enough to do it. Oh, I don't think they're dumb enough to do it. The because and I'll tell you why. Uh, because let's say they do. Let's say they get Kamala and, and Uncle Joe and Pelosi out, right? And we have a supermajority in uh, the House and the Senate, and a Speaker who is is promoted to president and it's all Republican and they can do whatever they want. Now, what do they have to do? They have to start fixing things. And the one thing either party has demonstrated unswerving fail at is is fixing fixing anything. anything. So let's we all hand it to them and say, here, here it is. You got everybody out of your way. Now address the problems. And the Republican Party will turn that gun around and shoot themselves straight in the face. Uh, So and and I'm agreeing with you. The logical move for them would be to let everything continue to go down the tubes and then blame it on the other side. will come the next election. (sighs) Otherwise, it's blamed on them. Yeah, I, I and. Truly, I I think that's why I've uh, the Democratic and Republican parties are just two heads of the same coin, two well, sides of the same well, coin. So all, it doesn't. All politics is at the moment is a blame game. Right. So, well, so that's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. matter what, what it doesn't matter what any side says. The other side is going to say the exact opposite, just just to be contrarian. Uh, one hundred percent. 100 percent. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing I can see that they like hand them the keys to anything. And they're just going to go, oh, I don't want this. You know, it's screwed up because of them. Right. They're not going to try and fix it. They're just going to try and say it's screwed up. I honestly think 
I mean, other than removing professional politician class, which the country will never let us do because there's too much money behind it. But other than that. Well, look, all you really need to do is to create or at least I'll rephrase the 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 start to all of that would be to create term limits, which is never going to happen because the people who have to vote for the term limits are the people who are going to get limited. Yeah. Why would they shank themselves like they that would be the akin to them prison shanking themselves you know like it's not gonna happen um the only reason why we actually have legitimate term limits for the president is because fdr was there long enough that when he died and everyone looked around and went oh yeah no we need to fix that yeah uh i you know and this will never happen it can't happen in today's landscape because there's too much money behind it and it'll get crushed but you know what we would need right now is a third party a real third party that isn't that can't get co-opted into one or the other i uh, actually i'll take that a little bit further than i than than you did i think we need more than a third party i think we need a fourth maybe because if you have only maybe. a third party all it's going to do is suck up votes from one party or the other I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. So, so if you have fourth, maybe fifth, maybe six. I mean, how many do they have in England? Um, I think five. I I don't know. I'm embarrassingly um, I, I, ignorant no, on ignorant. Uh, I may be British. completely off on that, but I I believe they've got five. Um, but you know, if you if all you have is three, then quite frankly, all it is is you've got, um one party on the left, one party on the right, hopefully one party in the middle, but they're going to suck off votes from whoever everybody's pissed off of at that time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, nope, we were both wrong. Oh. You're talking about, uh, well, they've got the Conservatist Union Party, they got the Labor Party, they got yeah. the, Stash, the Scottish National, the Liberal Democrats, the Democratic Unionist Party, uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it's Irish. I don't know. It's like Sinn Féin, <laughs> uh, Plaid, Social Democratic and Labor Party, Alba Party, Green Party, and Alliance Party. Okay, so I was wrong. I've been wrong before. <laughs> I'll be wrong again. And hey, even as part of the discussion, as I said, I may be very, very wrong even about the whole Speaker of the House getting to become president thing. I cannot remember how that functions, but... um. Well, I'd always heard that if the vice president or the president and the vice president, like, like were incapacitated, died, or, or were killed, it was the Speaker of the House who and would that, assume. And, and that's what I think, but I don't think anybody's ever contemplated what would happen if both uh, president and vice president were both impeached and thrown out. Yeah, I don't know how it happens, like, politically, if there has to be, like, a special election, or, like, I'm not, I'm not really sure how sure that works. I'm sure you'd have to have a special election, but that someone would actually have to step into the role at least briefly. In the main, yeah, in the meantime, as, as to like make sure that... like an interim or something of that nature. Look, Con- I'm just saying... of government. Elect a dog. <laughs> they couldn't possibly do worse than repeat line. Uh, so, I... <laughs> I... I think one of my, uh... More favorite books, uh, Fool from uh, um, Christopher Moore. At some point in time, they had a monkey as king who was just pointing at a slate board as to uh, what his answers would be. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the statement was that it worked great until he had an entire village uh, beheaded for cheese violations. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, I have zero faith 
in our current political class right now. I, I think they've sold us on the lie and they got the media to help them when uh, I can't remember where it was, but there was a poll I saw recently where, you know, uh, the, the American people are losing trust in, in many, many of our institutions, president. The, the, I think there was something in the nature of like 80% of people said they had no trust in any federal institution. Yeah. The, the, in the most trust we have are in corporations and the military. Oh, that can't go bad at all. <laughs> it's like oh, for crying out loud yeah I, and it's i still like the polls on biden where they kind of give you a uh the fact that there's depending on which poll you listen to from which side somewhere between 30 and 40 percent of the people actually think that he's doing a good job and 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 i'll put this plea back out to our listeners i'd love to actually talk to someone who thinks he's doing a good job I need to know why. I need to know what it is that they think he's doing that's actually good. Now, and, and once again, I'm not going back to the election. I'm not saying I, I, I disagree with you voting for him or anything of that nature. None of that stuff. I want to know who's looking at what's going on right now and going, yeah, I think that's pretty good. I, I can't even I, – I, I couldn't even hazard a guess who would look at that and go, man, that dude's on top of it. Like, who is that? You know, it, so my supposition, and I don't know that I'm correct, which is why I would love somebody to actually come and talk to me about this, that the only thing that people are still thinking who are actually approving of Biden are still just going with he's not Trump. Oh, my father's still in that category. I, you know, every time I bitch about what's going on in the government, he'll shake his head and go, at least it's not Trump. And I can understand that's that sentiment but what i'm like that's not an accolade dude but but what well what i keep coming back to is is you know we're looking at these as our options can't we want better i mean again formation of extra parties uh, exactly but once again so the choice last time was between the arrogant douchebag and the senile old fool Uh, how do you make that decision yeah you don't in my opinion you don't this is why we need more parties like, give us somebody else, somebody who look, I don't have to agree with you on all points. That's not a perfect politician for me. A, 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 a quality politician. And, I, and when I say quality, the bar is exceedingly low here. A quality politician to me is even if I don't agree with the dude or or woman or what have you. Uh, dog, cat, what, what, however you feel comfortable with, as long as I, as long as they at least have have addressed the okay, this is what I plan to do. I think it's ridiculous that X Y Z, and I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna try and do this. May not work. I may get totally shut down, but this is what I'm going for. Yeah, okay. Even if I don't agree with all the points, okay. But right now, you, you 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 don't even get that. Like you're saying, you get senile or asshole. There is nothing else. That's all you get. It's like, really? We can't, as a country, we can't do any better than that. Well, okay. I, I have one other article that I read recently that really just struck me as these people are missing the point of what it is that they're doing. And obviously, most of the people on the left who are com- going completely apeshit. Now, I'm not saying all liberals, all lefties. I'm talking about the ones going completely apeshit, the extremists. 
um, <laughs> there's a large group of people who are boycotting any sort of corporation to um, oppose capitalism. <laughs> and what suddenly went to my head was, you do realize this is why capitalism works, right? That you protest with your dollars, that this is exactly how and why capitalism works, right? I, 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 I'm without words a lot of times because I hear these morons speak and I hear, and I hear younger generations who are coming into the fight, right? You got your Gen Z and your Gen to be named soon. And they're, they're just spouting this crap. And I'm like, you know, I feel like Kenobi, the empire has already won. <laughs> your friends are lost you know, like, you're done you know and i i have trouble i have trouble with it i i try not to think about it too often to be honest because it's just depressing well I, I just thought it was funny that people were availing themselves of the capitalist system by to protest the capitalist system it's kind of like you do realize that in a completely socialist state that you wouldn't have that option yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and by the way, for you Star Wars fans, I know that the quote is, is, so the Emperor has already won. I was changing it to Empire because it's more suitable for this situation. But I, I don't know, man. I just – I don't I don't know. Uh, to go back to your, to your initial summation of what I was going to say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how we fix it. I mean, I know what I think could work or, or what would move well, us forward, but I don't think we're capable of okay, it right now. So I'm I'm going to be blasphemous here, and I'm going to put this in a way that just concerns the fact that I counted my argument in religion. I'm going to end it in religion too. So bear with me, because I know what I'm how what I'm about to say is going to sound. What you're suggesting is is that what we need to rally around is a new leader. So basically what we need is the next Jesus. Yeah, we need the next like leadership potential here because what we got now is obviously not working. Uh, and and like whatever, you know, you know what? I am so depressed and behind it. Like if they if I saw a petition to elect Chuck Norris, I'd freaking go for it. Like, I don't care. Like, whatever. Like, Matthew McConaughey, yeah, sure, let's give his dope ass a try. Like, I don't really care. You know, let him roll boogers on a national stage. I don't care. It's fine. But but our professional you could, you could just You could just see him in a cabinet meeting going, you know, we got to get them numbers up. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid down in Texas, we, uh, we talked about those numbers, and those numbers are bad. <laughs> Uh, and, <laughs> Those are amateur numbers. We got to get the yeah. numbers up. <laughs> Thank you for for getting the quote. Uh, just like war chest, you know, like war song beating his chest and stuff after he does a line of coke. I'd still vote for him. Screw that. You know, like, I, what are we doing here? Jesse Ventura led a better debate than some of the crap that I've seen here. Like, I, holy shit. Well, I know there are people who will lose their minds and argue with the statement I'm about to make, but Jesse Ventura didn't do a bad job as governor. <laughs> I don't think somebody's head exploded. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm right not saying now. he did a wonderful job. I'm just saying he didn't do a bad job. I, I, I cannot. 
I, I cannot wrap my head around how we've how we've just decided to give up as a country. It's it's amazing to me how we're just cowed. Um, nobody's even asking the right questions, much less doing something about it. So I, I think we're a generation out before we even start asking the right questions, to be honest. But that's just me. Well, Lead us into something better, Jake. Oh, oh, I, I do actually have something better. Um, and it is my media recommendation of the week. It's actually a short thing that you can find on Netflix right now. I kind of came across it yesterday morning. It wasn't what I was originally going to go to, but it kind of hit me and affected me kind of in a way that I think you of all people will appreciate. I think I know what this is, but go ahead. My entire life is surrounded by artists, whereas I have no artistic talent whatsoever. Now, I know you... Is this Dave Chappelle by any chance? Yes, it is. Uh, I saw that yesterday. It's fucking amazing. I know that you would argue the fact that I have no uh, artistic talent in the same way that my wife, the musician, would argue that I would have no, no musical talent. However, I will stand by that statement. I have no talent. However, if I think about it, most of the important people in my life are, in fact, artists of some fashion or form. I think about the people who my best friends are, the people in this world that I know I could say anything to, and though I may get opinion, I will not get judgment from them. Um, my daughter's an artist. My wife's an artist. Um, my daughter is on her way to art school. Uh, one of my closest friends in this entire world, uh, hell, my, uh, the screen uh, saver on my last three computers has been a picture that she sent me of a field uh, because she's into photography. So I sat down and listened to a speech that Dave Sapel gave uh, and it's on Netflix and it's available, available to you. It's only for about 45 minutes. And it is one of the most amazing things I've ever heard a person say just with the importance of expressive freedom, creativity, what that meant to his own personal life. It's also one of the first times when I've seen him admit to his own talent and not be humble. He's usually pretty humble about himself. And he wasn't this time. He admitted the fact that he is good at what he does and challenged people that if you don't like what I have to say, come out here and do it better. And I just I, I'm assuming that you, I, I take it you said that you, you listened to it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it was just one of the more powerful things that I've seen recently. You know, a couple of things I left with. Uh, from watching that one uh, I didn't know he went to art school now he went to a different style art school than I did his was uh, of course um, well it wasn't all performing I, art it's not all performing art it's not it's not and and that's that's good it went to Duke Ellington uh, for those of you who don't know and and it's uh, it's in DC it's largely a black uh, school but it has uh, an amazing program and an amazing uh, really legacy. And he went there kind of almost misguided, but like many other people who wind up at art school, he did the same thing. And I've talked about this on this cast and, and other casts as well. Uh, he went to art school and he, just to see what was going on there. 
and he walked around and he talks about it just I swear to you dude if you remember how I talked about going to art school the first time and seeing what was going on he went around and he looked around and there's girls going run around in tutus and there's these amazing music things going on and there's art on the walls that, that on galleries and everything that that museums would be proud to have and and he's like these are my people and I I probably am not good enough to be here but I know that these are my people, and that's exactly how I felt, an immediate kinship to the people in the work going on in art school. And I, I knew it at the time, like this is where I belong. I will do anything to be here. I had This is my future. I remember it from the first 10 minutes of walking around, and I still say it to this day. It has helped me in ways that I cannot explain to people. And apparently there are others much the same. Uh, much like Dave Chappelle, who went and it's like, look, we were all weird. <laughs> we were all weird and we were all united in that we were all weird and we belonged to be there and all of us had our different thing and that was okay because our weirdness was the least remarkable thing about us. They all had talent. They all had things that they wanted to do. They all had aspiration and they were all striving to get there. And the other thing like you that caught me, and this is close to the end, was – and he, he gave an amazing speech, and it was just a powerhouse of 40 minutes of his view on things, which he's – if you've ever watched this stuff, he's never come out and said. He's done stories he's alluded to. He's given you masterful interpretations, but he's never just come out and said what he thought and what happened to him, and he did in this one. And it wasn't a special. Well, well I, was... I, I think, you know, and I, I may I apologize for cutting you off because it, I think what happened that made him do that was he he's he was used to for years people who were not, as you might put it, his people were always commenting on his work, whether it be the Chappelle show, the fact that he left the Chappelle show, the different standups that he's done, the different opinions on some of the ways that he's told jokes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And. I think for the first time, people who he thought were his people, children, as he put it, who he knew these words were not coming from themselves, that when he said, hey, why don't you explain to me what you don't like about what I said? And his statement was, and they formed a line. <laughs> right. And he uh, he said something that I think is absolutely true. He said to, uh, many things that are, I think are absolutely true, but two two of them really caught me. One is is if you want to, all you have to do to beat me is have a better idea than me. That's all it takes. Have a better idea than me, and you will beat me. But I don't think you're going to, and I think this is going to take a while because I I really put it to you in a way that is nuanced and I don't think many people understand it yet. And you and I said the same thing a couple of months ago when we heard our years or whatever it was, when we heard the closer and went, Holy crap, that's his masterwork. And, and once again, no one was going to get it. No. Not for years. And and to beat it, you're gonna have to have something you're not only gonna have to get it, but you're gonna have to have a better idea than that. And I think he's right. That one's gonna hold up for a long time. And people aren't going to get it, and they're going to fight it, and they're going to fight against it, and they're going to be mad about it and because he hit it. And that's why they're so mad. And he I, hit it. And I, and I love the fact that he's looked at everybody who's 
been up in arms about the things that he chose to say and the manner in which he chose to say them. He's looked at them and all said the same thing. If you want to talk to me about what it is that you think I said that was wrong, I'm happy to talk to you, but at least watch it first. Don't come to me without actually having heard what I said. And and that's where his genius really lies, is in that much like some of the people who came before him, uh, prior, Carlin, you know, these people are, and I will even give you Robin Williams, even though a lot of people would argue with that, but I, I, I can make a case for that one way or the other. But um, what, the, the part that, he, that really grabbed me is, is if you're doing art, the most important part of it is freedom of expression. You must be able to say what you need to say and make it what it is that you need it to be so that it impacts the right way for your message to go across. Not for what other people like, not to make you behave, not to get you money, not to get you rich, to make the artistic statement. And he understands the human condition in a way that I think a lot of people – and comments comments on it, much like some of the greats that 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 have come before him have well, done. Well, I, I think he's also touched on something that we haven't seen in a very, very long time. I know people have touched on it. I know we still have other forms of it. But the idea of the spoken word being art – is something we've kind of gotten away from. And I'm not talking, and I know that people will look at you and go, well, you know, movies are spoken word, and some of those are artistic. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand what you mean. But when was the last time that the idea of someone just getting up and speaking to people was considered an art form? You know, I think, and, and what you're saying goes all the way back. I mean, Back to Greek mythology, oh, and, and, you know, and that's philosophy what I mean. I think with, with I, Socrates, you I know? think that's something we've gotten away from. People it, it, who it actually is. just stand there and speak and have that in the manner in which they put one word in front of the other in a every whether it be melodic or informative or just creative way that the idea of speaking to someone being considered art. <sighs> And I, I, I guess my point is, is that we've heard people come close to it. I would say Pryor came close to it. I'd say Carlin came real damn close to it. I, I would say Carlin's there. Carlin uh, was there. But, 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 I, but I think Dave Chappelle is the one who has mastered it. Oh, he's definitely a master at getting his... If you've seen any of his... And he really had time. He had like 10 years, as he, uh, as he said, to hone his craft and really understand what it is to move an audience and get his point across by telling a story. And that's really, if you look at Dave Chappelle, it isn't the jokes that he's doing. It's he's telling a story like um, the most masterful expression of that, that I saw where I didn't see it coming was when he started one of his shows off and said, I met OJ Simpson three times. And then walked he and then the first time i met oj simpson and then he talked about it for a little while and then the second one and then the third one and by the time you're done you're like holy crap it is a special talent 
that he has built, honed, and perfected. And I will agree with you that he has perfected it. Uh, you may not agree with his messaging. You may not like it. And I think that's entirely valid if you don't. Absolutely. Well, well, but, but once again, it, it, and I, I would give the same challenge he does. If you want to come and tell me you don't like this, fine. But have you listened to it? Did you actually listen to what he said? And can you succinctly and as movingly put forth your argument in the same manner and in the same persuasive uh, pentameter and and masterful uh, succinctness that he can? And I would say the answer to 99.99% of the population is no, they cannot. Uh, we, I mean, we, there's thousands of hours of me just spewing crap on the internet and never have I put forth something that moves people one way or the other in the mass, um, Hell, I don't way that he does get a single sentence out without fumbling it somewhere along the line. <laughs> I think that's pretty common. You know, but I, I think a lot of it, a lot of the the social commentary has been lost and and confused with shouting. It's been confused with cancel culture. It's been confused. Like, when was the last time you heard a song that spoke to you, really spoke to you, like like trembled your soul? When oh, was the last I, time you heard that? I, I actually don't listen to modern music anymore. Exactly. And and the last time I did. It was like, like hearing lyrics that, that move you and are, are speak truth to yourself and to others and move people and sway them. It's a rare occurrence nowadays. You know, it's a rare occurrence to go, holy crap, that's deep, you know, or or you can feel the emotion behind it. Right. I think um, that's kind of one of the other things. First of all, I, th I he was very much speaking to my life or the world that I'm in just because, you know, though I do not consider myself an artist. Yes, I know you would argue that. I um, always do. Uh, but even though I don't consider myself an artist, I do see the world through other people. The, the people around me are all artists. I see the world through their eyes. Yeah, you didn't have a shot because, like, the guy you talk to on the weekends is an artist. Your daughter's an artist. Your oh, wife's so, an artist. So, so listening to that, had, the way he managed to put all of that together, I think was one of, the mo one of the more moving things I've listened to in a long time, especially when it came to the end. And the end result was is he asked them not to name the theater after him. Now, yeah. it wasn't even the fact that he's like, I'm, I'm not refusing forever. And I think I've got a good name for it, and I'd love to see at some point in time my name to be right up here if you feel like you want to do it, but I don't think we're ready for that yet. I love the way he put it. He's like, you know, I didn't know how I felt about that because I'm still using that name. You may not like what I turn out to do with it. Uh, it, was, it was a masterful expression of the American mind. And I I do not use that term lightly. But uh, y'all, it's a quick hit. It's it's like forty minutes long. Do yourself a favor, whether you agree with him or not. Listen to what he does. Listen to how he does it, and listen to the meaning behind what he's saying. Uh, and I encourage anybody to listen to Chappelle and and great. And I I would argue that that Chappelle and Carlin also fall into their comedians. Yes, absolutely. That's how they make their living. That's what they do. But they are as much, 
I would argue if you listen to them, they are as much or more philosophers. I think the other thing that really kind of hits me with David Chappelle and why a lot of times I take as much issue with the people who don't listen to him or don't like what he said who haven't listened to him, which is if you do listen to him, even if you don't agree with him, you cannot deny the amount of compassion that is in what it is that he's trying to say and what he's trying to do. If you listen. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to is if you listen. I mean, yes, he's telling jokes. Yes, he's trying to, he's telling people things that make them uncomfortable. Yes, he's telling people things that make them laugh. But there is a level of compassion behind it that I, I, I haven't seen in once again. See, Carlin, I think, got extremely angry at, towards the end of his life, which is one of the reasons why I kind of went away from him to some extent. Um, it, yeah, but it, the reason he got angry is, I think, completely understandable. And not no disagreement there, but just the level of compassion that you get from uh, from from Chappelle, just in what it is that he's trying to say and what he's trying to impart and the feelings that he's trying to get across, as well as humor. Um, yeah, it's it's just something that I find very 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 impressive and usually take exception to when somebody says I don't like him. You know, I have several things that I I find true. Um, that that kind of stuff is is one of them. Like like I don't like Chappelle. It's like mm, okay. Have you listened to what he had to say? What was what the last you, time you I actually, heard he said this. You when know, was the he, last time you listened to a David Chappelle show? show? Yeah, um, I, I put it in the same category as like you know people people come to me and say I don't like beef. <laughs> Our friend, not him. the not the meat, and I'm like. Well, then you're probably not a worthwhile human being. <laughs> like, I can do that in my head. It's a very simple math. You know, if you can meet him and be in his presence and see him, then you would understand that uh, actually, that is... I have a way that I will explain the magnetism of beef. Okay? There's a story that you guys always tell about the magnetism of beef, and I'm going to add a little bit of emphasis to it. The magnetism of beef that you guys always tell is the fact that he came to one of the meetups for the podcast that shall not be named. Mm -hmm. And he came and the car he rented was a Toyota Yaris, which is one of the smallest vehicles. The Yaris. And they managed to cram some, well, I can't remember what the number was, like 11 people into it. There, There is a varying number okay. however it, many anywhere from 12 to 15 is however many it was it was far more than the yaris was ever designed to carry but everyone wanted to <laughs> ride with beef and here's the emphasis that i'll put on this whereas i was actually a few spaces down in my hyundai elantra all by myself going anybody need a ride <laughs> <laughs> yeah beef is is a force of nature and he is one of the most positive and compassionate human beings I have ever met in my life. Um, I knew as soon as I met him that I wanted to be his friend um, as long as I could. I, you know, I, the moment I met him, he just kind of grabbed a hold of me and made sure I was okay. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, I, I can't believe that this person is as just nice of a decent human being. Genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first time I met Jake, I was like, I like that guy. I'm going to hang around with him for a while. And he was uh, <laughs> he was just like, I don't do this. This is not like my scene or anything, but I'm here. So, uh. 
Well, I, you know, hey, I came up and and introduced myself to you because we had conversed online a, a couple of times, and then expected myself to go back and sit in the corner where I was before. And the fact that you finished what you were doing, then came and sat down and started talking to me, actually caught me by surprise. <laughs> I talked to you. You were interesting. You were cool. And I was like, well, he's here. Let's go freaking talk to him. And we've been talking ever since. <laughs> it's difficult to get us to shut up now. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I look at those barometers, you know, like, I don't like me. Well, uh, what's wrong with you? We <laughs> probably won't like you. Yeah, you're probably not going to like me. I got news for you. You ain't going to like me if you don't like that, because he's a way better person than I am. <laughs> he genuinely is. He believes most people are decent. I don't. <laughs> he believes in the best in everybody. He will see the best in everything and everyone he ever meets. I don't do that. I strive to be more like him. Uh, I, it is <laughs> it is very apparent to me. So when you hear somebody say, I don't like Chappelle, it's like, I heard he said this. I'm like, you didn't watch it. What did he say? Tell me what he said. He said this. That's not what he said. <laughs> I can play or, it for or, you. Or yes, he did say that, but you didn't hear what he said after it right. or before it. And you didn't see, and you're not extrapolating what he meant either. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a tremendous special. Uh, if you check it out, it's it, uh, Dave Chappelle uh, gives his his uh, is honored by the the Duke Ellington School. Uh, you guys check it out. It's it's totally worth a watch. Uh, anything else for this week? Oh, I think I've rambled enough. Well, uh, I hope I didn't take things in too deep of a direction. Um, and if the world's still here next week, we'll see you then. <laughs>